uh, Hillary has been lengthening her excuses as to why uh, she lost the election. She didn't really lose the election. It was stolen from her uh, by, I think it's up to 24 different excuses she has now. Number 24 is content farms in Macedonia. And uh, as I said, uh, my grandfather was a uh, Macedonian content farmer. And uh, we often think about, you know, gathering on the porch and recalling the old days on the Macedonian con- I never thought, he never thought that the old content farmers he left behind in Macedonia would one day steal the U.S. presidential election. They are gnarled, hard-working Macedonian peasants. And the way they were able to reach As out... As Macedonia and, and Macedonians uh, settled into the Christmas holidays... The new year brings new and good news. Zoran Zayev has resigned ahead of Macedonia's parliamentary elections in April, while members of Zayev's party continue to be charged with various crimes. The vice president of parliament, Rosina Remensky, was charged on Friday, January 3rd, with assisting fraud in a new case stemming from the original racket cases, while the original and central character in the many scandals facing the socialists Boki 13, is now offering to sing, or at least share more information with the prosecutors. But for most Macedonians, the next few days and week will be a time devoted to God, family, and celebrating Christmas, leaving the politics and problems of the new year for later. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you today from the foot of Vodno Mountain in Skopje, the Republic of Macedonia. And this is Svetin Sulemanov, also calling in from Skopje, Republic of Macedonia, underneath Vodno Mountain. Cheers! Hmm. This is the first ever. This is the first time ever we are recording together in Skopje, the Republic of Macedonia, drinking some very lovely uh, Tikvesh Rakia. Yep. Uh, with a little bit of Mesa here. Sponsorship uh, opportunities available at the end of the month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we still haven't got that sponsorship, <laughs> have we yet? Uh, we'll, 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 uh, we'll talk to some folks while I'm here. So, uh, yeah, my, uh, my uh, first time here for Orthodox Christmas, actually. Never, um, never been here before. In 24 years of my um, time with Macedonia and the Macedonians, you know, I lived here for seven years from 96 to 2003, uh, but... Always during that time, I would go home back to Arizona for December 25 Christmas, The uh, as so many around here say, the Catholic <laughs> Christmas, Christmas, even though that time I was a Protestant uh, and proud of it. Uh, but now I'm now Macedonian Orthodox, so uh, it's good to be here to celebrate Orthodox Christmas with uh, with family and friends. So you can denigrate the Western faiths as Catholic, like faiths. <laughs> exactly. So... Uh, but I have arrived on, uh, I came in here a couple of days ago, uh, I think on the 2nd, I uh, mm-hmm. always get jet lagged, and uh, but uh, it was kind of funny, yesterday I was visiting with a lot of friends, uh, and they said, uh, you know, the, the rumor's going to be spread that you came in here just to make sure that Zayev actually did <laughs> so. We were not sure for a while, it was touch and go, I mean, you don't believe it until you actually see the the signed resignation letter, and even then, exactly. you, want, you want to double right. check with that person. Yeah, yeah. So, but but Zayev did resign. Yep. Uh, and now uh, Oliver Spasovsky, the former Minister of Interior, is now yep. the acting. What is his actual title? Is it acting? Is it we call interim? Technički premier, technical or interim or caretaker yeah. prime okay. minister. Right. Well, you, you got to remember in uh, 2016. Um, was it 15 when Gurevsky stepped down? Uh, it was, 15. He was early 2015. Or, early 2015, uh, right. And, no, uh, it's sorry, late 2015. So um, he, was, uh, re- he had resigned for the whole of 2016. He was well, 
touch and go. Is he going to come back? Is he going to remain? There? Right. That's because uh, in uh, who was the prime minister then? The, the uh, Emil Dim Dimitriev. Dimitriev. That's right. Yeah. And so the, the whole point back then was, uh, and of course this is per uh, Brzezino, um there were supposed to be elections scheduled for X date yeah. after Groski stepped down, and then the colorful revolutionaries kept insisting that well the voter rolls aren't clean and yeah. we got to keep checking this and we got to do this and we got to do this and so they kept delaying it delaying it delaying mm. and so the technical prime minister at that time then basically became a yeah. was the prime minister for over a year yeah yeah um eventually uh, Wilmer get got out of the whole deal because it was clear SDSM will not go to elections right. so they reformed the political government they kicked the SDSM members of government out mm -hmm. but uh, they couldn't uh, reach an agreement with Akhmeti. Akhmeti was now also becoming prickly. He wouldn't let Grevsky return as prime minister, so Dmitriev remained as a political prime minister for a few months. Mm -hmm. And then we held the elections, and uh, the result, you know, Vomero won, but uh, with the Albanian, uh, with the siphoning of Albanian votes in favor of SDSM, probably orchestrated by the U.S. Embassy, <laughs> which we now see we can see it from the, uh, we are recording in the uh, the Global Galactic <laughs> Universal World Headquarters of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. Uh, yeah, I've got a, a great view of winter in Skopje here. Uh, can't quite see uh, the fortress on Calais. Meaning, that's, that's the air pollution there. Meaning the American embassy. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I, was, I was surprised. I, I thought I was going to be choking as I walked the streets of Skopje. And uh, for the first day mm -hmm. and a half, it wasn't too bad. Today's... I understand it's pretty bad, but... Uh, we weirdly had a few uh, weeks of uh, strong wind. Yeah. And that cleared things up. I mean, it's not... By design, it's not that horrible. Half of the city is heated on uh, heated water, which is heated with gas. So it's not... Right. An outright cataclysmic, like, Indian-style or Nigerian-style <laughs> catastrophe. Mm -hmm. But uh, we need the wind right. to make it work. And uh, most often, we don't get it in winter. It's because it's all rimmed with mountains and mm -hmm. it's all flatland in the middle. Yeah. But going back to, um, so uh, Spasovsky is the technical prime minister during this time. Elections are set for April 12. Parliament uh, dissolves February 11 or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and now we have some new characters, uh, new individuals in the Macedonian government from Vumaro de Vomene. Yeah. Which includes the interior minister and the minister of uh, health, welfare. Yeah, right. well, and labor, labor and welfare. Right. The health guy remains. And and who's the interior now? Uh, Nakia Chulov. He okay. lives close by. Okay. Uh, he is. Um, uh, he was the second choice. I mean, the first choice was this Colonel Dragan Kovacki, who I hadn't heard of before. He was in the uh, special army forces, etc. But because he was still a, an active colonel, and uh, we have this um, constitutional obligation that. Uh, uh, I think a minister who controls the uh, security department, like the defense or the uh, police, needs to have been a civilian for at least three years before being appointed to the position, like to prevent a coup. Although all of the troubles we've ever had were from uh, uh, the police, never from, right. from the army. Yeah. Well, so, this is like what we had with James Mattis when he yeah. was the defense secretary. He hadn't been yeah. gone long enough so uh, from the military. So Yeah, but in, throughout Yugoslavia, the army was the actual, the big culprit of uh, often of the wars. But in Macedonia, the army was mostly restrained throughout our independence, but all the violations came from the secret uh, police service, the right. Ubekar Debeka. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the president now is came from the interior ministry, Stevo Pendarovsky, is the SM's candidate for president in the previous elections. Ferchkovsky also came from mm. uh, the Interior Ministry. So, you know, obviously the police and the security services 
still heavily toward this DSM, toward the old Communist Party, where they have been formed. So they have always been the problem. While the army was like in other countries considered more noble, more uh, genteel, more uh, oh. distinguished, but mm -hmm. still SDSM insisted that we uh, stop uh, the appointment process of uh, Kovacki. And then shortly after, Vemera came up with Naked Shulev, who was uh, director of the intelligence agency, one of the two intelligence agencies we have, the smaller one, mm -hmm. which is run by the president. So he was appointed by Ivanov. Ah, right. So, yeah. you know, you, we can expect him to be a more... And, and, and he quickly came out that he had a long family tradition of being Vimero to the point that his gr grandfather was being persecuted by the communists wow. after World War II for being a prominent uh, local Vimero mm -hmm. organizer and Vojvoda even. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this is the, the pedigree of the, right. of the yeah. new interior minister. And, uh, you know, is this some people are already <laughs> approaching him and asking to help them uh, most famously, most ridiculously yesterday, Frosina Reminsky, the ASDSM uh, official deputy mm -hmm. speaker charged, of parliament right? who was charged yeah. of racketeering with mm -hmm. Boki, and she had a statement yesterday said, and I hope that we will have good cooperation with the new interior minister. <laughs> so she's basically announcing she's getting ready to to sing like a canary to the, yeah. <laughs> to the new interior minister. Well, we, we yeah, and, and as I mentioned in the opening monologue, uh, Bulky is talking about singing. We, we're going to have an absolute chorus here yeah, yeah. pretty soon <laughs> of, of people that have been charged with various crimes under the yeah. former uh, Prime Minister Zoran Zaev. Uh, so many shoes dropped yesterday, it was ridiculous. Yeah, and it's just, well, it's kind of like it's the Friday news dump. Yeah. And today, actually, we're recording this, episode 55, on Saturday, January 4, 2020, the first podcast of 2020. So, yes, it was the Friday news dump. All the information comes out, and this is a long weekend for Macedonians with um, uh, Bodnik uh, mm -hmm. uh, Christmas Eve on Monday and uh, Christmas on Tuesday the 7th. So, yeah, they wanted to get all that stuff out there and bury it and whatnot as Macedonians mm -hmm. are, as I rightly pay more attention, I think, now to the fact that this is the Christmas holidays and time for uh, devotion to, uh, uh, to God, to family and faith and tradition and... Uh, all of the things that the socialists are not. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, he's the, now the new face, and uh, not, still not sure whether he has the authority to order arrests. Now we are all widely expecting that Vemera has a cache of information on Zaev, and uh, which will be made public as soon as the elections are finalized. Now they're not finalized yet. True. Uh, the parliament needs to dissolve on February 11th. Mm -hmm. uh, if is this again tries some funny business to get out of this. They might try to prevent uh, Vemera and the Albanian parties from acquiring 61 votes and dissolving parliament. But mm -hmm. as we said, there are there were some rumors, some signs of defections from SDSM yesterday. So it's possible that it's no longer stoppable, that it's now unstoppable avalanche uh, going toward elections. But uh, theoretically, it could still be stopped if parliament is not dissolved on February 11th. And we'll see whether, you know... Um, that the incriminating dumps from uh, Vimera come now in this period before uh, February 11th or after Parliament is dissolved and everything is like cast in stone. Uh, so it's certain that we have elections. Vimera people are even, they had a press conference even announcing the serial number of the USB drive 
which contains oh, information yes. on Zaf. Right. <laughs> and yeah. There is even a Twitter account <laughs> with, <laughs> of the USB drive, and, and people are speculating what's on it. So it's basically a repeat of the 2015, 2016, you know, leaks of damaging information right. against your opponent and a technical government. Vemura do not have a prosecutor mm -hmm. who could, uh, you know, order arrests of SDSM officials if, uh, you know, in line of the racketeering trials which are ongoing or if some new information surfaces. But obviously existing prosecutors could, you know, also change sides if they sense that uh, SDSM is sinking and it's been hard work for Zayev to prevent more of his people or himself being charged for racketeering. So far it was only Remensky that is charged so far. Um, her uh, Another person, uh, Kiratsovsky, was widely rumored to be charged alongside with her, the former secretary general of the party. Mm -hmm. It's Kiki and Friki, this, right. uh, this moniker. But he, so far, he is off the hook. Zayev himself, obviously. His healthcare minister, Vinko Filipcho, was apparently mm -hmm. involved in a lot of racketeering. Dan Doncho, the director sure. of the health fund. Radmila Shakirinska, the defense minister, her... Mm -hmm. She was actively, you know, meeting, she was close with Boki 13, with the mm -hmm. organizer of the scandals, the guy at the center of the scandals, and uh, uh, her close relative was a prominent part of the bogus charity which Boki set up, which is now the focus of these new charges, which mm -hmm. involve Reminsky. So there's, it doesn't take much to charge them, it, it was hard work preventing the prosecutors from charging anybody from SDSM so far. Right. And and then, of course, as mentioned in the opening monologue, Boki 13 himself. Yeah. So he, uh, I think that was a current picture I saw in the media uh, I think it was uh, report, yeah. which he was looking quite perky and quite happy, which was unusual. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I think we, we predicted here on this podcast a few weeks ago that we'd be uh, surprised if he survived the winter, if he wasn't Epstein, yeah. uh, to create a, a new verb. Um, and so we're... Uh, Surprised by that. Um, thank you for that, uh, Rakia Sven. Uh, what is he, uh, what's he saying? Uh, be, more, be a little more general. Sure, sure, sure. I didn't, there, so, yeah. Yeah, come on. So. <laughs> Trying to take it easy here. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this is a unique opportunity. Yeah, because normally when we're recording the podcast, I'm in the States, it's uh, still morning my time, which, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm not adverse uh, or opposed to drinking in the morning, but it's just a bit uncouth. Yeah, and, poor and, form. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> No, Boki said, yeah, he was visibly perked up. There was even a report which was then kind of like denied, but it came from Tilma, which is nominally pro-government, so it should be on the merit uh, uh, that uh, while well, uh, Boki and Katitsayanova were entering the courthouse for the hearing yesterday, which coincided with Zayaf's resignation and all the grand stuff that was happening. As I said, all the shoes mm -hmm. were dropping yesterday at the same time. And uh, somebody, you know, uh, Tilma reported that... Uh, Yaneva was told uh, Happy New Year that Boki was visibly, you know, much more boisterous and uh, perked up, said Happy New Year to everybody, to the, all the journalists who were assembling for his trial, while uh, Katica was more subdued, but she, she allegedly said, and Zayev is down now, I see. Mm. So it was uh, seen as very ominous uh, announcement from Katica. Mm -hmm. But then she didn't say much more. This was denied right. afterwards. But then Boki was pretty open in the trial. He said, I'm trying to meet the prosecutor Joveski, the, mm -hmm. pro the attorney general, right. our equivalent. 
but he won't meet me. I wrote to the U.S. Embassy telling them that I have information to give, but that he obviously is not uh, seeing me. Uh, I wrote to the Helsinki Committee, the French Embassy, which is now the big corrective of the Zayaf regime with the withholding the EU accession talks. Mm -hmm. And he didn't say over what, but it's wildly assumed, you know, the one thing that remained unrevealed is where did the money go? Right, exactly. Where's the beef? Yeah. <laughs> and Boki said that uh, he had uh, some recordings from his home showing people, you know, which could reveal information who actually picked up this infamous Louis Vuitton bag with half a million, 1.5 million in total. He mm -hmm. had two collections from the businessman Kamchev. Uh, so the recording should have government officials who were visiting Boki in his home right. constantly. Some of them probably left with the bag, otherwise Boki would have mentioned this. So yeah, he's now preparing to sing along with Reminsky and uh, yeah, Zayf is looking in much bigger predicament he looked yesterday than, uh, than before. Right, and, and Boki is, at least according to media reports, claiming that he's a political prisoner, quote-unquote, now. Um, and that was interesting to me to see that he's a political prisoner, a victim, quote-unquote, yeah, of... Yeah. The, uh, the former Prime Minister Zoran Zaev. I just like saying that, by the way. <laughs> I'll just keep saying the former Prime Minister Zoran Zaev. Um, so, uh, yeah, you're right. I think it, it, it presents more problems. And as we, as we said, we've talked about this on this podcast several times, that this, this constant, slow media grip, 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 grip of bad mm -hmm. news for Zaev, for Citizen, for the Socialists, uh, as we lead up to the elections... Um, you know, it's constantly in the news, you know, yeah. whether it's a whether it's a big news day or a slow news day, it's constantly in the news one way or the other. And it's going to continue to be up until mm. the April elections and, and then beyond, because um, there's going to be a fallout from that uh, and new revelations to come out. Speaking of new, uh, Branko Gerowski, the journalist mm. that originally broke this way back in May, June, something like that of last year. He's been quiet or has... Yeah. Okay, yeah. He was, uh, but he said he'll reveal something after the uh, vacation. I mean, I, I don't trust this person one bit. He's obviously mm. strong as some supporter during the colored revolution. Very, you know, dubious character. But, you know, the stuff he published, uh, it showed that he published this in concert with prosecutor Vilma Ruskovska, mm -hmm. who brought the charges against Katica Yanova and uh, Boki 13. I, I'm not gonna, uh, I don't. Uh, believe they had any good intentions with this fighting crime and corruption. They probably right. thought they can bring down the SDSM leadership to some extent and elevate themselves as the main media sponsors of the, or, or you know, the power brokers of the new SDSM leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, he said something after New Year. He was caught up in these uh, later leaks. After Kamchev testified, remember there was a, a leak from a conversation he had apparently in Bulgaria with his friends where he is discussing Boki, Boki's, you know, homosexuality. He's talking about Gerovsky, saying that, basically implying that he's feeding Gerovsky with information and Gerovsky is going to publish this. And the leak, it was somebody who was sitting with Kamchev and recording him secretly. And the leak also was meant to ex, uh, exculpate Zaf too. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, so it was apparently came from Zaf's corner. And then Gerovsky was angry at this, and he said, well, okay, wait until New Year is done, and then we'll talk. So he probably, he has ambitions of being a, a force in SDSM and uh, appointing the next leaders of SDSM. Speaking of which, obviously, we have new faces uh, in which Wimmera have appointed this uh, 
a new labor and welfare minister, right. Rashila Mizrahi, the okay. first Jewish member of government. Wow. With a, actually, uh, does Gligor count? Uh, his mom <laughs> uh, is Jewish. Yeah, true, yes. And uh, it stems from the maternal side. Right. Okay, so maybe second Jewish mm-hmm. member of government we've mm-hmm. ever had. So the a daughter of a prominent lawyer here in Skopje and uh, one of the few families which survived mm. the Holocaust. So she's now in charge of making sure that the abuse of labor and welfare funding, which is enormous, it's one of the biggest, most moneyed ministries in the government, and is widely abused, you know, to give money to... Mine votes, basically. Yeah, Roma, yeah. poor yeah. Roma families, poor right. families from all backgrounds before the elections, Biden. So she's now in charge of, you know, stopping this, not abusing this before, mm-hmm. in uh, time for elections. But then the labor and welfare minister who she replaced, Mila Tsarovska, mm-hmm. she's now having open ambitions to take over. We should dedicate a whole podcast to her mm-hmm. at one point. Okay. She's now the far left, the Soros wing of the party. We always assumed Shekerinska will be the woman, uh, left, far left Soros uh, uh, leader of the party and prime minister. Mm-hmm. She never got to be prime minister, just interim short periods when she was deputy prime minister. She was always deputy to Buczkowski, to Cervenkowski, to everybody. Always playing second fiddle. Yeah. But now... Sarovsky is quickly overtaking her, and uh, she's not sh- hiding her ambition. She even had an interview promoting herself as prime minister, while everybody pretty much knew that Spasovsky will be the interim prime minister. Right. And um, so these are the new faces. She's now promoted uh, to deputy prime minister in charge of the economy, hmm. in the place of Kocha Indushev, who had you know dozens of corruption scandals and... He's now leaving the government, the party, and... Uh, but he's still in as of now, right? Uh, he re- resigned right. yesterday. Oh, he did resign? Yeah. Okay. All to right. make yeah. room for Tsarovsk. Uh, okay. Right. okay. So these are the two new faces to look for. Rashila Mizrahi, mm-hmm. uh, the, the new agriculture minister, uh, deputy minister of Emirat promoted. He's also, seems very competent, mm-hmm. well-spoken. So Chulev uh, Mizrahi, uh, you know, these other deputies, they are the new faces of Vimera. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to pin anything on them. These are, uh, despite all the propaganda campaigns the DSM had against the Vermeer since 2015, uh, these are all completely new people. Mm-hmm. And then on the SDSM side, they're heavily investing in Tsarovska, practically the PR guru they brought into SDSM. Now, uh, Kosta Petrov, now he uh, works... Oh, yeah, the PR guy. Yeah, right. the self-help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Self-help guru, yeah. Or, yeah so, <laughs> and he's now practically working exclusively for Tsarovska. He's he, he's not working with Zayev. Uh-huh. He did this like okay after he promoted her as po- possible prime minister, and turned out it was Spasovsky. Then he gave similar treatment to Spasovsky, but it was all forced, all wooden, like you know, not to create a bigger rift in the party before elections. Mm-hmm. But the challenge is clear: if Zayev loses the elections. The source wing is gonna try to remove him, and uh, Tsarovska will be the the banner, the standard holder. Interesting. So that's something to watch out for. Um, so I mean, when when uh, the yeah. citizen loses, of course, in April. So um, you you mentioned and which. Let's talk a little bit about the elections since they are coming up, and uh, we're not gonna. Don't worry, uh, for listeners, we're not going to. Uh, this isn't a completely. Um, uh, rank punditry podcast on the uh, the little details of, of policy and 
politics and, and, and what goes on here. Um, but the elections coming up April, three months away, basically, uh, and there are reports that the Citizen uh, Party is running around and their their surrogates and others are, are dropping the in the dreaded inward from uh, their okay. speeches and whatnot. They're, they're just saying Macedonia instead. Uh, and obviously trying to win favor with the the Macedonians uh, because they know they're so far behind amongst ethnic mm-hmm. Macedonians. Uh, they're not going to. I mean, it's 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 kind of farcical, I guess, because everybody knows that they're guilty of having brought in this new name, new identity, mm-hmm. and so no matter how many times they try and avoid saying the N word, people are still going to associate them with. What Macedonia has gone through under Sidisum since they've been in power, uh, despite the fact that they're trying to avoid the N word, um, and then the new ministers that we've just been talking about for Vumero, of course, they're certainly not going to say they're going to say Macedonia. They said Macedonia. Yeah. They they signed on documents which say uh, North Macedonia. Sure. So this is going to be the test for them. Yeah, that's going to be a difficult thing to to avoid. Um, you know, there's all kinds of creative things that Vumero can do, though. Um, I, and I look back to, I was discussing this with another friend the other day, uh, what Boris Johnson did when it came yep. to close to October 31, when he had to send the letter asking for the extension to uh, the Eurocrats in Brussels. He actually didn't sign the letter, and he said, this is Parliament's decision, not mine. Uh, and he did, you know, various creative ways. Yep. There's always, look, where there's a will, there's a way, and you can be creative in this, and you don't have to sign necessarily documents that say that. Uh, and we know, even so, we know at the end of the day where Vumero stands, uh, and where the major- with, with, which is with the majority of Macedonians, that this is Macedonia, this is the Republic of Macedonia, we're Macedonians, we speak Mac- Macedonian, there's a Macedonian mm-hmm. history, culture, language, heritage, etc. Uh, none of this fake new stuff that Zoran Zayev foisted uh, illegally uh, and through, the, uh, through ignoring the consent of the governed uh, in the 2018 referendum. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how all of that plays out in the next couple of months. Uh, yeah, for my money, I mean, I, I wish Vimmer had a stronger position. And uh, name change, they're basically saying we need 8 to 1 votes in Parliament, which is impossible for... No for party, no, no yeah. single party has ever received 81 votes. Yeah. And the Albanian support on top of this. Right. Thing. Albanians yeah. are gleefully keeping Macedonia named called North Macedonia, so it's... Impossible, and Vimmer is losing some support on the right because of this position. It seems like uh, it's uh, under still under serious pressure from the internationals here, sure. Uh, and which is you know basically undermining uh, what little democracy we have left here. People are just you know considering this. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, the internationals don't actually believe in democracy. Uh, democracy is for other people, not for them. The rules are for other people, not for them. Yeah, uh, sure. But so, it's going to cost everybody. I mean, if yeah. such a while, uh, such a distorted, uh, disfigured country joins the EU at some point, or even NATO, you can expect all sorts of horrible outcomes, which basically the diplomatic corps here in Skopje ushered in with their treatment of, uh, you know, allowing political arrests of the opposition, mm-hmm. blackmail of members of parliament, yeah. you know, allowing illegal wiretaps taken out of contest to be used as evidence. And then they're going to say, but your rule of law system is... Uh, out of whack, or your prime minister is uh, the major regional marijuana grower. We'll say, well, yeah, duh. <laughs> and your actresses are apparently smuggling cocaine to the United Kingdom in submarines. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. What did you, you know, your problem now? You're, you own this place now. 
so uh, and not only that, but also you know, it, in general, I've noticed, and this is something I've kind of been paying attention to, the, the level of crime, crime, not Ooh. corruption, but crime, uh, shootings, kidnappings, yeah. uh, everything throughout the country has really gone up. I think under under the uh, the former prime minister, I like saying that the former prime minister, John <laughs> Zayev. Uh, and if they're if they were to be reelected, it would continue to go up, unfortunately. Yeah. And that that doesn't contribute to the overall stability of the country, which will soon be a NATO member. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that you know the Greek the US ambassador to Greece, Piat, mm -hmm. is holding the prime minister of Greece, Mitsotakis, who pledged to, uh, you know, he was opposed to the uh, Prespa Treaty, but now does nothing to undermine it. He had this old Siemens corruption scandal, so I assume. Uh, the evidence of this is being held somewhere in a vault and he's being told hmm. not to push this until, at least until we join NATO or even afterwards. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to, you know, the West is going to have to force this every step of the way. They're going to have to force the name change and force us to keep using it. And, uh, you know, this completely unnatural treaty, they're going to have to use force to keep it in place. And Vimera is at this point saying, okay, we... Uh, they're not pushing at all hard on undermining the perspetrated. They're fighting Zayf on the corruption front. Right. And even here, you know, we have this ridiculous situation that Zayf is sensing the heat. So he has an interview yesterday morning for Sasha Ordanovsky's outlet, uh, the last outlet which still supports Katitsayanov and <laughs> uh, the, the Japanese soldiers in the, <laughs> in the islands. And there he said, uh, and he says, I'm very worried about the country, you know, Mitsotakis, the Greek prime minister, is uh, respecting the treaty, but Mitskovsky, I'm not sure about him, he might become even more nationalist than Gruevsky, although Mitskovsky has done nothing to, he's even annoying people on the right with his mm -hmm. uh, lukewarm position. So he basically, obviously, Zaf is speaking to the internationals, begging them to support him in these elections, give him the Albanian votes, order Albanians to vote for him again. He says, uh, uh, I fear that Mitskovsky will even, we're practically joining, we have practically joined NATO, that he's going to jeopardize our NATO membership, even with this very, you know, lukewarm position that he needs 81 votes. According to Zaf, even this is dangerous for the Prespa Treaty, even this, Vemera should drop even this position from. So Zaf is offering himself to the West as the uh, guarantor of uh, Prespa Treaty. No matter all the you know ridiculous levels of corruption, drug running, migrant smuggling, shootouts in Skopje, uh, which come and you know not carrying the support of the Macedonian people, which is going to count at some point mm -hmm. if we are going to be a military ally in a restless world and mm -hmm. uh, uh, in the, especially in the Balkans. I mean, right. it's a completely unstable situation to run the country from the position of a party which is supported by a minority of Macedonians. And uh, all the Albanians put together to outvote the majority of the majority population of the country. Yeah, that, that whole thing is going to have to be changed at some point because that's just ridiculous. It's untenable it's, and it certainly isn't right by any stretch mm. of the imagination or any standard of actual justice. It's dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous. You're right. Uh, so that'll have to be changed at some point. I'm not sure how it's going to be done. That's up to very much more creative mm. uh, uh, minds and smarter people that I far above my pay grade, but I know it can be changed. Anything can be changed. Um, so you mentioned a minute ago there that um, Zayev is, is saying that, that uh, the position of Vomero uh, is threatening uh, of uh, Macedonia's mm. entry into NATO. 
which of course is not true. That's actually a lie. That's fake news. Um, Macedonia is going to get into NATO, yeah. no matter what. If we're just waiting for the Spanish to uh, actually form a government, manana, uh, to to form a government and then ratify it, and then you're in like Flynn. Uh, and actually, that was the Mas the Macedonian Parliament was actually debating that the other yeah. day. So, they're getting ready to ratify to yeah. pre-ratify. So they'll do that after they come back from the Christmas break. If the Spaniards don't get their stuff in order until let's say early February, right. I'm sure we'll pre-ratified. Yeah. yeah, so so Zaya's point that, or his, uh, his uh, um, uh, suggestion mm -hmm. that uh, Vomero is, is kind of, could uh, torpedo Macedonia's mm -hmm. NATO membership is absolutely not true at all. So, He's pushing a theory that we can be kicked out of NATO afterwards if we... No, you can't. Oh, nobody can be kicked. Yeah. This is the thing. Nobody can be kicked out of NATO. If, if the Turks can buy <laughs> Russian missiles and still be a NATO member, you <laughs> cannot be kicked out of NATO. I promise you that. And if... NATO were to ever get to that position where, on a situation like this, Macedonia changes its name back to its rightful name, mm. and somehow they kick them out, and I don't even know what that would look like, how mm. that would be done, then it would show that NATO is actually just a paper tiger, yeah. which is what the Russians want, of course. So, um, Which it is. I mean, it's yeah. currently divided in two teams. The Greek and the Turkish team fighting in Libya. They're fighting a proxy war in Libya, although they're allies. And, right. and, Russia is al and Greece is allied with Russia and Libya. Well, Turkey is buying Russian weaponry. <laughs> ah, it's, yeah, it's, uh... And we are sending troops to Mali now to support the French mission. <laughs> and God knows which side we take in an I Iranian confrontation. Oh, uh, dear, yes. The, side well, the Europeans are going to be against the US, obviously. Of course, yeah. If so, this happens, not yeah. actively. But <laughs> yeah. what, what, does even, what does NATO even mean anymore? It's mm -hmm. not, definitely not an alliance to promote free markets. Well, no, I think, I, think, I think NATO is still trying to find its way. I mean, obviously, after 1991 and the collapse of the Soviet Union, its raison d'etre ceased to exist, and then they started going, as our friend Luke Coffey at the Heritage Foundation has said numerous times, that NATO went out of area when it shouldn't have gone out of area. Uh, yeah. and, and that's a problem for NATO. Um, mm -hmm. They're still trying to figure out what, what it is. That, although, I think, and, and it's facing, I think, still an existential crisis, but the EU is facing an even greater existential yeah. crisis as to trying to figure out where it's going and what it's doing. Uh, and I suppose we should touch upon that just a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, now we're in a new year, and this idea that, that NATO, or sorry, the European Union is going to allow uh, or, or uh, agree to the opening of the session talks with both Macedonia mm -hmm. and Albania, or maybe just Macedonia. And of course, uh, Nikola Dimitrov, whose name we haven't got in here in this podcast yesterday, but now we did, has been saying that, or at least in the last yeah. quarter of the last uh, year, was saying that, yeah, we're going to open talks, open uh, session talks with Macedonia. Now that's up and down. That's in yeah. doubt now as well. They're, yeah, they're not talking about this anymore. Right. They're downplaying playing expectations. If it happens, they will be overjoyed. Zaf is obviously going to run the elections on the NATO accession. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, he looked like a complete idiot because the main prize, which people were, those who were hoping for us to resolve the name issue and move toward the UN NATO membership, nobody was hoping for NATO membership. But, you know, we get the privilege to go fight wars in Iran or Iraq or Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so people would much more, much rather join the EU and now that's off the table with uh, the French veto and nobody serious is, uh, you know, the Croats are not taking over the EU presidency and they're toning down expectations, telling us do not expect too much out of, uh, there is a meeting in Zagreb, I think in March. Mm -hmm. Dimitrov is uh, toning down expectations. So, yeah, it's uh, clearly that we're going to go to the elections with Zayev, the idiot who gave up the name without receiving anything 
meaningful in return except you know this NATO membership which was obviously what the Americans wanted out of us and not something that we would have embarked on uh, you know this total national humiliation on just for NATO and uh, right and even for the EU people wouldn't vote in favor of changing the name and if it was only NATO on the ballot mm-hmm. we wouldn't have had like 15% turnout only the Albanians would have voted in favor <laughs> right then well I think we've kind of covered enough about politics and whatnot and so um, as we uh, begin to close out this uh, episode 55 of the Macedonian Content Farmers podcast the first one of 2020 uh, I think maybe we just kind of reflect uh, we'll have our farmers picks but just reflect on the fact that it is Christmas um, coming up here mm-hmm. uh, in the next few days and, and this is a again long weekend uh, Saturday Sunday Christmas Eve is, is Monday and then Christmas is a Tuesday and so folks are really focused I think on just on family, on mm. Christmas, on God, on faith, tradition, what all this means, and the politics, politics can wait. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, it, it, politics should not even be a central part of our lives, anybody's lives, even the politicians. Uh, unfortunately, it is. But uh, as we as we close out this podcast, uh, we will certainly wish all of our listeners a very merry Christmas. Uh, as you gather to celebrate with uh, family and friends and reflect upon the true meaning of Christmas and what what that means to you as an individual, to you as a family, uh, to you as a community, as a, as a neighborhood, as a nation. Uh, mm-hmm. And and that's what's really important. Any thoughts on that? Sure, it obviously means families getting together, uh, soon we'll have the fires around mm-hmm. the country, you know, the mm-hmm. uh, Badnik uh, flames where all neighborhoods come together, drink uh, heated rakia and the wine. <laughs> yes. and, uh, songs although you know with the air pollution levels and the church often <laughs> opposes this it's even considered like a pre-christian ah pagan uh, right yeah, right yeah. So yeah. the church often says don't do it yeah donate the wood to the poor or something like that and mm-hmm. some folks do some mm-hmm. out of environmental or religious reasons <laughs> <laughs> which but can yeah. often be the same thing especially with our friends on the left the yeah. environmental the religious uh yeah, those the, who worship the environment that is haven't followed how many Australians are blaming, you know, the angry ah, yes. Greta we are now. <laughs> <laughs> and, Z- and we're still waiting for the, did you get this, waiting for the Zayev's recording of, uh, the, the Russian guys. Who yeah, the pranksters. Yeah, yeah, they recorded Zayev. Uh-huh. And uh, they're now collecting money yeah. and they want, uh, you know, they have like dozens of people. They have Harrison Ford, Billie Eilish. Yeah. They have uh, Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders, etc. So, and Zoran Zayev mm-hmm. is in this list. And, uh, they say that uh, whoever donates the most money, he will be the next. They're basically trying to get some money out of this, apparently. Right. Uh, they're going to release the recording with Z- of Zayev with Greta if we, uh, you know, if we collect enough money. So now we're... <laughs> donate. Where do we donate? Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> website. We can put it in the show notes. There we go. The link. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, going for... Uh, it's winter vacation here. People mm-hmm. are going skiing. Yeah, I'm just sure. Yeah, kids are off school. They come back in a couple yeah. of weeks. So uh, yeah, so it's a, um, hopefully a more more calm time when people can just sit yeah. back and again enjoy family, friends, and reflect upon what what is truly important in life, which is certainly not politics. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, so that'll be nice to see uh, an experience. 
For me, especially Macedonian sure, yeah. Christmas here. Uh, We're going to overdose you on Ruska Salata, <laughs> the, the Russian salad which we eat for, <laughs> there for we Christmas. Go. Yeah, absolutely, I love it. <laughs> which Zayef is probably warning the U.S. Embassy about. They're eating, <laughs> they're eating something called Russian salad. And these Vimera people... <laughs> yes. Well, we, all, we always like quoting our favorite Russian, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, mm. in so many different ways. Uh, but let's go to our farmer's picks now, yeah. as we close this out. Um, I've got one, and I think you have one. So, yeah. I, I, mine, you know, again, we always like to try and end on a high note. Mine is um, the former uh, Croatian uh, member of the European Parliament, who mm -hmm. narrowly lost her seat, mm -hmm. uh, Mariana Petr, uh, congratulated Macedonia on the uh, resignation of Zoran Zaev, the former Prime Minister of Macedonia, uh, and said that she really hopes that uh, on April 12th that Macedonians, politicians who love Macedonia, the Macedonians are the ones that come to power. Um, and so, and that got a lot of likes and retweets on, on uh, Twitter, I think on Facebook as well, social media across yeah. that. So, yeah. so she's a good friend of Macedonia. She could easily run for a Macedonian member of the European Parliament if the if the EU is ever foolish enough to let us join <laughs> and give us a seat in the European yeah. <laughs> Parliament. So that's my farmer's pick. Um, Svetlana, what's yours? Uh, we had the cultural event of the year, apparently, which was the concert of Dino Medlin, this Bosnian singer of these uh, you know, love songs and uh, kind of like folk, uh, kind of more serious, serious more uh, urban uh, music. Uh, he's not the, the gutter, turbo folk right, yeah. singer, but... Mm -hmm. yeah, touches on this, on the upper levels of uh, mm -hmm. Turbo Folk, and he has a concert in Skopje, and with all the pollution and cold, etc., and it was like tens of thousands of people, it was the, mm -hmm. the square was full almost as when we would welcome the basketball or the mm -hmm. or the handball or Vardar uh, for their celebration, so this was the cultural event of the year, we had buses of people from Serbia, from Bosnia coming to listen to wow. <laughs> Dino Mirlin, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, people are tuning out of politics, mm -hmm. and uh, I think going on a nostalgia trip with uh, a Yugoslav era yes. singer who now apparently is the only thing that can move people uh, at this point, mm -hmm. <laughs> at this season. Oh, good, good. That's a good way to end, I think. We're going to include some music from Dino. All right, yeah, let's do that. And again, a very happy Christmas to you and uh, your family, Sven. You too, buddy. Christos Serodi. That's the traditional uh, greeting here in a, in a, in a, few, born. In a few days. Yeah, exactly. And you respond with Vaistina Serodi. Indeed, he, he is born. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, good. Well, to all our listeners, the same and uh, a very happy Christmas. And uh, we will uh, we'll do this again next week. And hopefully again in person. Absolutely. Yeah.